The Nasdaq starts this week down at the lows for the year, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a lot closer to recent highs. Let's bring in Adam Johnson and talk about what it means when stock picking starts to maybe pay off a bit. Portfolio Manager at Advisor Investments. Good morning, Adam. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Oliver. Great to be with you. Happy Monday to you. Uh, it's about 75 degrees in New York, and uh, things are certainly heating up ahead of midterms. We've got a lot to talk about. That's right. It was almost 70 here yesterday. It's going to be 70 on a Wednesday. Global warming going to make these two cities even better than they already are. Okay, uh, trying to make light of the situation. How about in stock markets right now, Adam? Are we starting to see maybe some signs, hopefully, that it's not all just a one-way trip lower? Well, I think so. Look at Meta this morning. Uh, I mean, the stock's up, what, 5% on the news that they're going to have, uh, quote unquote, as you were just reporting, massive layoffs. You know, I think you can only take so many names down so far. And Oliver, so many of the big cap tech names um, are down 50, 60, 70%. I mean, it's absolutely staggering uh, when you look at, at, at what's been happening. Um, look at a lot of the the banks. Uh, they all seem to trade at about um, uh, 10 times earnings and one times book. That's historically cheap. Uh, you look at what's happened to um, industrials and so many wonderful industrial companies now are trading at low teens multiples. Again, that's historically cheap. So we have all assumed that the absolute worst case scenario is going to happen, that the Fed is just going to keep yanking rates higher, that we're going to go into a recession. And yet we keep looking at those uh, unemployment numbers that come out. And you know what, Oliver, thank goodness, people are employed. They're making money. They're spending money. Earnings haven't been great, but I would say they have been less bad than feared. Um, earnings have been down about three to four percent this quarter. Um, uh, X Energy, they've been up five or six percent if you include energy. Okay, fair enough. That's not um, stellar, but it's certainly not the uh, the doomsday scenario that everybody had thought. So I think we've priced in doomsday, and and fortunately we're finding out that that's not happening at least uh, not at least at the moment, Oliver. One of the things I hear a lot from economists right now is that we haven't yet really seen the effects of the Fed tightening. It does seem like uh, the Fed also acknowledges this. They want to slow it down a little bit. So that helps this short term, it seems, valuation crush in the market. But what if we haven't really seen that uh, worst case scenario for the economy yet, Adam? What do you think about what's to come here for the underlying economic situation? Well, let's just explore that with regards to housing, because I think this is very apropos for inflation, and, and our viewers need to understand this, Oliver. We have had nine months worth of rate hikes. We have had nine months worth of uh, home sales declines. In other words, not as many homes being sold. That makes sense. However, we have only had two months worth of falling home prices. There's always a lag between uh, volumes, well, I should say rates going up, volumes coming down, and ultimately sales prices coming down. Now, the reason I mention this, Oliver, is that housing is 42% of CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is effectively how we measure inflation. So on the assumption that we've had nine-month 
uh, nine months of um, uh, rate hikes, nine months of lower home sales, but only two months of uh, falling home prices, we should start to see home prices fall. As that happens, that 42% of CPI is going to start to come down. That means that I think over the next couple of months, we will see inflation come down. That is a very big story. It might not make us feel good when we think about the value of our homes, but in terms of everything else, inflation coming down and the Fed getting off our back, that is wonderful news. And I think that is going to happen uh, um, over the next several months, Oliver. Are the uh, uh, worst uh, for earnings past us, Adam, or will that uh, lag catching up to the economy mean we have to suffer through a little bit of downside for the earnings? Maybe the valuation stops going down in the market, but do earnings go down then? You know, it's hard to say with, with employment as strong as it is, certainly for the consumer sector, people out uh, are out there spending money. Um, that's a wonderful story that somehow just doesn't seem to get told. We're so obsessed with inflation and rate hikes that we're, we're, we're missing the forest through the trees. We're missing the fact that more people are employed right now than ever have been in the history of the country. Um, there are still well more job openings than there are people to fill them. I know that the headlines um, are big tech is preparing for layoffs. Um, but again, if you look at the, the actual earnings, they're not nearly as bad as we think. To answer your question directly, there may be a little bit of softness in the earnings, Oliver, but again, it's hard to get too negative um, uh, when in the current quarter, we're seeing aggregate earnings only down about 5%. And actually, when um, uh, uh, I should say only down about 5% if you exclude energy. And if you include energy, they're actually up about you know 5%. So again, it's hard to get too negative right now. It really is, in spite of all the negativity that we talk about day after day after day. Okay, Adam, uh, right now then, uh, where are the best uh, places to play potential the strength in the market? Sure. Well, I think you have to look at what's going to happen uh, tomorrow uh, in terms of midterm elections. And it looks like we're going to get change, um, certainly in Congress, in one of the two houses. Senate, it's a toss up. But, you know, historically, um, Oliver, if you look at what happens, first of all, with a midterm election, you tend to get a run into year end. You get a 7% um, gain for the S&P typically versus only 4% if it's not a midterm year, just because you remove uncertainty. Uh, that's point number one. Point number two, you also get a benefit if you have a, a divided Washington, meaning a Democrat in the White House and a Republican-controlled Congress, typically up about 14% um, under that scenario versus only about uh, 9% if you don't have that. So there are two reasons that midterms are actually positive. And then the third thing that I want to leave you with here as we talk about these midterms, uh, Oliver, is that if you think that, um, if just think through logically what happens when Republicans come in, there's less regulation, um, there's an embracing of natural resources. So uh, what does that mean? Less regulation? Well, that tends to be good for banks. An embracing of uh, resources, that tends to be good for energy and drilling. And as we know, the Biden administration has not been um, opening uh, federal lands for uh, development to the extent that had been happening under Trump. That's one of the reasons why uh, Mr. Biden keeps telling energy companies, go pump more oil. Well, actually, if you want them to pump more oil, you need to open up the federal lands. Um, that will be very different under a Republican um, controlled Congress. So, uh, you know, I think you need to look at banks. I think you need to look at energy. 
Uh, I think you also need to look at industrials because I think as there's less regulation and there is more of an embracing of business, um, industrials have been so pummeled uh, that they too are probably due for a turn. Tech, it's a little harder to say. As a growth investor, I'm along a lot of tech and I hope we get that bid as the market returns. But at least to answer your question, financials, um, uh, energy, and industrials. I think that's, uh, that's where you go under a Republican change in Washington. And uh, if there is uh, more just um, uh, uh, gridlock, so your point is if there's real leadership uh, shift, if there is more executive control across branches, then uh, you get an energy trade uh, coming in. If not, history generally tells us from the chart we were looking at prior is just that uh, post midterms, if uh, nothing gets done, that's fine for the market. If we get a little uh, uh, locked horns and uh, gridlock, yeah, yeah. If you remember the do nothing Congress under uh, Obama's second term, right? That the the, um, uh, the Tea Party Republicans came in and they shut him down. And actually, what happened was that created um, stability. I mean, it sounds weird to say it that way, um, but it creates stability when you have total lockdown or total disagreement between the White House and Capitol Hill. Nothing gets done. And as odd as it sounds. The market actually likes that because it means there's no change. Nothing radically happens either to the right or to the left. Um, you don't get new regulations on the banks. Um, you don't get new uh, tax hikes on consumers. Um, you just have status quo. And again, uh, with all of the craziness, Oliver, of the past several years, status quo, lack of change, and more stability sounds awfully good to me. I don't know about you, but it certainly sounds awfully good to me, and I think it'll certainly uh, feel awfully good to the market uh, to get uh, some of this uh, uncertainty, volatility, and unpredictability behind us and just have status quo. Just the man we needed to hear from on a green future start to the week with some optimism stemming from last Friday's bounce. No, you wouldn't steer us astray. Thank you, Adam. Oh, thanks for having me, Oliver. I appreciate it. Adam Johnson, Portfolio Manager at Advisor Investments.